We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue Wire. Hey, this is George Kittle, and you're listening to Candlestick Chronicles. New England sending QB Jimmy Garoppolo to 49ers. We believe we found the right guy. Garoppolo, quick pass, caught by Kittle. He dives, and he's in. Touchdown, 49ers. Kittle is going to go. Touchdown. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Candlestick Chronicles, the 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Network. My name is Chris Biederman. I cover the 49ers for the Sacramento Bee. With me, as always, it's Kyle Madsen of Niners Wire of the USA Today Sports Media Group. Real quick, guys, check out harrys.com slash bluewire for great offers on their great shaving products. Kyle, what's going on, buddy? How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing great. Uh, I got to get some Harry's razors. Actually, I got to make sure I get my shipment in soon. I'm getting real scruffy. And so I'm keeping the training camp beard for a while, but I'm not sure how much longer I'm going to keep it because I got to tell you, it is hot. <laughs> <laughs> and having the and having the neck beard and stuff when it's warm makes it extremely difficult to beat the heat, which is what I spent today doing. Yeah, I had to I had to shave the uh, the facial hair earlier this week because all the training camp heat is just getting to me. But uh, so yeah, check out Harry's. So we're back with our second podcast since the 49ers began training camp if you did not listen to the first podcast i highly recommend going back we touched on a lot of the early themes that we saw from from the first few 49ers practices uh we've only had really one practice since the last time we recorded um so there isn't a whole lot of new stuff to discuss so we're going to answer some twitter questions later on sort of a mailbag format to this podcast but there's a little bit of injury news which is obviously never really good when you're talking about this team given the way injuries have sort of derailed the 49ers in recent seasons. So it's got to start with DeForest Buckner. He missed practice today. Uh, we're recording this Thursday afternoon with a minor toe injury. 
Um, I've asked how significant they think it is because sort of a, a mild toe strain could mean, mean a lot of things. Toes are, are very tricky. Um, and, you know, keep in mind, like Nick Bosa's hamstring injury during the offseason program was also considered minor and he missed a month of practice. So I'm not saying that I think Buckner is going to miss a month, but it is notable that he's he's dealing with the toe strain. And so we don't know exactly when he's going to return to practice. We might uh, he might show up tomorrow, Friday on the practice field and be totally fine. Or it might be a few days. We'll have to wait and see. We didn't get to talk to Kyle Shanahan about that today after today's practice. Uh, D Ford set out team drills. He's dealing with a little bit of knee tendonitis. Um, Kyle Shanahan described that as as not really significant. If the Niners were playing a game today, I think he would have uh, D Ford would have played. It's tendonitis that he's dealt with. Shanahan said basically every training camp of his career. So that'll be something to monitor. Um, and then Joshua Garnett, the 2016 first round pick, who's really sort of battling to to stay on the team and, and maintain a roster spot. He dislocated a finger on the first day of camp. He tried playing through it the next day. It dislocated again. Uh, and he actually had surgery this week. Kyle Shanahan said that the surgery was a requirement because otherwise he just would have kept dislocating the finger. So He'll be out three weeks. That's obviously not a good development for him, just given that the 49ers made a bunch of additions along the interior of the offensive line for depth this offseason, increasing the competition for Garnett in terms of his his battling for a roster spot. So that's obviously not good news for him. Uh, Jarek McKinnon. Uh, Kyle Shanahan said earlier this week he thought Thursday or Friday McKinnon might end up getting activated off the PUP list. Uh, he said today that that's actually going to be pushed back until next week. So the 49ers are going to reevaluate McKinnon. They have four straight practices again they, and then an off day on Monday. So it could be that McKinnon gets evaluated on Monday or Tuesday and uh, he might get activated off PUP next week. So if that were to happen, I would imagine the 49ers ingratiate him slowly back into the fold the same way they are with Jimmy Ward. He was uh, taken off the PUP list recently with his broken collarbone, and, and he's been able to participate in walkthroughs, but he hasn't participated in practice yet. So uh, the thing is with being on PUP is that you can't do any team stuff on the field. So um, you cannot participate in walkthroughs, and walkthroughs are, are a significant part of you know understanding play calls, looks, adjustment schemes, things like that. So that's obviously important stuff. And and Jeff Wilson Jr., backup running back he, who got starts late in, in the year in 2018, uh, he's going to be out a couple weeks with a calf injury. And it sounds like he's not going to play in the preseason opener coming up against the Cowboys August 10th. So that is the rundown. Uh, none of these injuries, maybe with the exception of Garnett, appear serious, but it certainly bears monitoring. Obviously, DeForest Buckner is, is the 49ers resident Ironman, and he's only missed one game in his career. So I, I think you fans should should probably feel okay about that, uh, even if he doesn't practice. If he were to sit out a week, I don't think I would be terribly surprised by it, just because the Niners are operating with extreme caution. Um, Kyle, was there anything you wanted to say or ask about these injuries? No, I don't think so. I, I think it's worth emphasizing, though, that this new training staff, like we talked about last week, this new training staff has been extremely conservative with keeping guys out and and making sure that injured players aren't aren't in a position where they're going to re-aggravate an injury or make a short-term thing a long-term thing just to have them on the field during camp. And, and a lot of teams are pretty cautious this time of year, but I think the 49ers are probably being extra cautious. And so that's why 
unless unless it looks like Buckner is going to be out for you know multiple weeks, then then like you said, it, it it's probably a little bit concerning. But for now, it's it's worth keeping an eye on, I think. But nothing nothing to be worried about yet. And we're still five weeks from the more than five weeks from the regular season opener, so these guys should right. have a, a good amount of time to get right. Um, so we thought it would be good to in this podcast to go through some. Uh, some of the camp competitions that we didn't really touch on earlier. Uh, and I think probably the one the one battle that people are most intrigued by is is at receiver. So receiver is is really difficult to gauge because all these reps are being distributed pretty equally between first, second, third team. And sometimes at practice the the first team will will open with guys like Max McCaffrey and, and Malik Henry as the two receivers out there. And then Dante Pettis and Marquise Goodwin will be with the twos. And so there, there's always this constant shuffling. It's it's not always as simple as the starters always work with the starters. The backups always work with the backups. I think the only place where that's really applicable is the quarterback and the offensive line. You you basically know who which is the first team by which quarterback is out there, and he's only going to be out there behind the starting offensive line, Jimmy Garoppolo, I should say. So it's really been difficult to sort of gauge exactly how things are shaking out. What we can say is that I think Richie James looks pretty good. Um, he, he's he's a, making plays almost every practice, plays that, that stand out, whether they're short plays or long plays. Um, on Tuesday, he had a 60-yard touchdown on the first on the first pass of practice from Garoppolo beating Adrian Colbert on, on a route deep. Um, and James has looked really, really difficult to cover in one-on-one drills too. Uh, so he looks like an NFL receiver, and I think I said it that he's going to end up on an NFL roster somewhere if he doesn't make this one. But I think it's going to be tough for the 49ers to cut him. Um, another guy that that's interesting is is Jordan Matthews, and he's somebody who had a really good offseason program, and and maybe he's taken a little bit of a step back, or at least he hasn't been quite as productive um, since training camp started. But he's somebody who Kyle Shanahan likes for his veteran presence, for his size for just his differing skill set from basically everyone else on the roster. Uh, And then another guy that needs to be highlighted is Kendrick Bourne, who probably had his best practice of camp today. He was dynamite in one-on-one red zone drills. I think he had had three touchdown catches. Um, He had uh, a couple catches during full team drills, one from Garoppolo. I think his first pass of the game was about 25-yard play, uh, an outbreaking route towards the left sideline. Um, Kendrick Bourne just looks just looks solid. He looks like somebody who is really gaining an understanding of the offense. He knows exactly what he needs to do to get open. Um, so it's going to be interesting because we know like guys who we know are going to make the team, like Debo Samuel and Jalen Hurd, like they just haven't been as often available or making as many catches as some of these other guys. And a lot of that has to do with an experience, right? So. The fact that Debo Samuel doesn't have uh, like a prolific training camp stat line to date, I don't think is problematic because he's still learning the offense, right? We're talking about other people who are either veterans or have been in the system a little bit longer. Jalen Hurd is another example. He's probably made two or three or four maybe catches during full team drills and and no real splash, splash plays. But as a third round pick, we know he's going to make the roster. So it makes things interesting because you look at guys like Richie James and Jordan Matthews who might be doing a little bit more on the practice field, but in the big picture, they might be on the outside or on the wrong side of the numbers game because they're these rookies 
who we know are going to make the team, who probably have a higher upside, but they're just very early in their development, and they're really just cutting their teeth as pros at the moment. Yeah, and Kyle Shanahan specifically brought up the receiver competition today. Uh, let me get his quote here. He said, we've added a number of new guys in there, and we got some rookies. We brought in a free agent, and the guys are competing. I think we have the most depth and the hardest competition we've had at receiver since we've gotten here. And I think that's really bearing itself out in camp, which is good for San Francisco because their receiver group last year was just so, it was just lacking just in, in playmakers in general. If it wasn't for George Kittle, I, I'm not sure who would have driven their offense, uh, their, their passing offense anyway. And then when you talk about numbers, James was a guy I had on the outside looking in. Uh, going into going into camp, and Matthew's probably the same. But you figure Pettis, Hurd, and Samuel are all locks to make the roster. Marquise Goodwin is probably a lock to make the roster. Trent Taylor has looked really good from from what I've heard and seen. He has. So Trent Taylor is probably something close to a lock to make the roster. That's five, and they're probably keeping six. That leaves Richie James, Kendrick Bourne, and Jordan Matthews all vying for one spot. Yeah. Uh, unless unless you've seen something that, that says that Taylor or Goodwin aren't, aren't necessarily locks. Um, e- either way, the Niners are in a position where they're going to have to probably cut a receiver that can be productive for another team. And that's not been the case in in quite some time. If and you, I think that's I think that's a good thing. If you would have asked me at the end of OTAs in June whether I thought Jordan Matthews or Kendrick Bourne would make the team, I probably would have picked Matthews, and uh, that would have been you know I was surprised at, at how good Matthews was uh, and how well he was sort of integrating himself into this thing. But after watching the first week of training camp, I would say Kendrick Bourne has a leg up now on Jordan Matthews. And it's always you always sort of look at like what is a team invested in a player? Like Bourne right. is the guy who the Niners brought in as a UDFA. They gave him significant playing time his first two seasons. Jordan Matthews is just sort of a street free agent who, you know, no if this isn't meant to at all disrespect Jordan Matthews, but he's the type of player that you could find basically in free agency every season for a pretty affordable price, right? Like there's always a Jordan Matthews, uh, a Lewis Murphy, you know, somebody like that, that you could, that you could bring in every March, but it's hard to find people when your system is really complicated who understand the system. And Kendrick Bourne is one of those players that understands the system. So for me right now, I mean, they're they're not going to keep more than six. I just think they're they're that's too much of a numbers crunch to to try to have seven receivers on your fifty three man roster. So right now, a week into training camp, five weeks away from from the regular season opener, I think it's going to be Pettis, Samuel, Goodwin, Taylor, Bourne, and Hurd. And I would imagine that Hurd is going to be the one who's inactive on game days um, because he just doesn't have the experience or the knowledge of the system yet. And I think it's pretty apparent because he, he, he hasn't become sort of that focal point of the offense that we're thinking about. I think the Jalen Hurd selection is somebody who is really going to pay dividends in 2020, 2021, because he's still pretty new at wide receiver. Um, Even if somebody like Jordan Matthews or Richie James is more productive on the practice field right now, uh, James might end up being the toughest cut on the roster if he doesn't make it because he offers yeah. value as a returner. He can play inside. He can play outside. Uh, it's just you have those guys already. Like 
Richie James, you know, Trent Taylor is going to need playing time in the slot. Uh, Debo Samuel is going to play in the slot a lot. Marquise Goodwin is probably going to play in the slot a lot like uh, uh, Taylor Gabriel did with the Falcons in 2016 as sort of that slot deep threat who you try to get match up on safeties and, and let Goodwin just run by him. Uh, unless something happens with Goodwin, they, they might, I mean, Goodwin could always get hurt. I mean, we, we've seen that happen plenty. If, if Goodwin deals with an injury and, and he's not a hundred percent going into the season, then it would make some sense to maybe try to move on. So you don't have to, you, you don't have to wait every week to see if Goodwin's going to be healthy or not. That might be a reason to, to move on from Goodwin if, if that's the way you want to go. But yeah, it's wide open right now. It's really tough to say. Um, I don't know that we're going to learn a whole lot in the preseason either, unless Kyle Shanahan sits some key, like he might sit guys in the preseason, which would be an indicator of, okay, that guy's roster spot is safe. Right. So maybe that happens. Maybe maybe that'll give us a little bit of clarity. But right now, I mean, I think they have eight receivers who are NFL quality players, and there are only going to be six spots available. Yeah. Un- unless something drastic happens. Um, okay. At cornerback, a lot of people ask about Akella Witherspoon and, and Jason Verrett. And the only thing that's really that I could really say about it is there, the competition hasn't materialized yet because Jason Verrett is still so early in the process of getting his body back to feeling right. So it is still a Kella Witherspoon with the starters. Uh, Witherspoon got knocked out of practice. I think he banged knees or something. He had a, he had a minor contusion, something like that um, in one of the practices and later returned and then, and then left the practice. But other than that, I mean, good one or, other than that, Witherspoon has been the one who's been playing with the starters for the majority of the time. So we're going to have to wait to see how that shakes out. Verrett has looked pretty good, though. Uh, you can tell he's still getting his legs underneath him. But considering he's coming off an Achilles tear, and you you can see the quickness is still there. Like, he was a hyper-athletic player. One of the main reasons he was a first-round pick coming out of TCU. Um, but... He's just not there yet, and it's tough to it's tough to throw somebody in a competition for playing time when really they're competing with themselves just to just to feel confident in their body again. So it might yeah. be that by the time by the time we we are no longer allowed to watch the entirety of training camp practices, which is going to be in a couple weeks, uh, that's when the competition is going to heat up. So we might not even know how the competition is really looking until we see who's starting week one. Yeah, and I think the better, the best news possible from that group at this point is that just nobody has looked outwardly bad. And I think that's yeah. probably the best you can ask for after five days of practice is that just no one's standing out as, as terrible. Yeah, even Tim Harris, the, uh, the six-round pick, is, is making, a, making a few plays here and there um, against reserves mostly. But I, I think Harris's uh, his camp has been quietly solid. Um, Right guard, sort of in flux at the moment because center Weston Richburg is is on PUP following knee and quad surgery in the offseason. The 49ers are expecting to be him for, are expecting him to be back week one, but it's meant that Mike Person and Ben Garland have sort of been rotating at right guard and center. Garland Garland has been predominantly the starting center uh, with Person at right guard, but Person was also getting reps at center. So I think it's still going to be Person. If, you know, gun to my head, if if Richburg's back healthy and he's a starter, then you're going to keep person there because you re-signed him. 
Uh, it's a little bit in flux right now, but otherwise, I don't think that's that's going to change. And obviously, Josh Garnett's injury today really dampers his chances at winning a starting spot and probably really hurts his chances at, at winning a roster spot. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think that's a big deal. A, because injuries have been such a prominent issue for him. But B, he's going to miss three weeks. That's going to put him way behind the eight ball competition-wise. And the Niners added a ton of depth on the offensive line. And and you figure somebody's going to step up and really stand out. And Garnett was going to be a valuable roster member if he could push Mike Person for that starting job. He's not super versatile. He's not... He can't play center. Or at least we've never seen him play center, which is a big deal. Right. And so he would basically just be a backup right guard. And that's not something that teams are typically going to roster unless that guy is is a starting caliber player, which Garnett just hasn't been. And on top of that, he hasn't been able to stay healthy. Yeah. So there are not a lot of there are not a lot of things going right for Garnett when it comes to making a list of pros and cons for reasons he should be on the roster. Yeah, I, I I thought coming into this training camp that Garnett would have to win a starting spot to to stay on the roster, and it's just really tough to see him winning that job right now, particularly after the team gave Mike Person that three year contract extension in the in the spring. Um, backup tight end. It's it's an interesting position because there haven't been a ton of guys standing out, and we wonder if tight end is a position where maybe the 49ers go thin in terms of numbers if the if Kyle Shanahan decides to do something like keep three quarterbacks or you know keep an extra running back or keep seven receivers maybe tight end is a position that suffers from that so Garrett Selleck is going to be on active PUP he had back surgery he's not going to be back until week six uh it's hard to it's hard to feel confident in Garrett Selleck at that point. Just the fact that he's basically missed the entire summer, he'll have right. missed training camp. Um, so we don't really know how that's going to materialize, but it doesn't look like there's going to be a whole lot of production from him uh, in 2019. Ross Dwelly quietly a nice a nice camp made a nice touchdown grab today on a pass from Nick Mullins in the red zone. Caden Smith, rookie six round pick, we just haven't seen a whole lot from him. Um, Tyree Mayfield is an interesting player because he's very athletic and he also offers them, uh, option at fullback. Uh, yeah. and, and then there's Niles Paul who Kyle Shanahan is familiar with, uh, from his time in Washington. This is, this is tough because I mean, you, you would like to have a good backup tight end obviously. And then there's Levine Toilolo, um, who is an enormous person. He's basically, he looks like basically DeForest Buckner in a tight end body. Like, like he moves around like a tight end. He's obviously, he's not fast, but he's six, eight. Um, so you wonder if, if he could be a, a red zone target, but we just haven't seen a whole lot there from him either. So the backup tight ends haven't really been there. Ross Dwelly is a guy who's probably been around the longest of, of just about everybody. I mean, Toy, Levine Toilolo is familiar familiar with Kyle Shanahan's offense after playing in it with Atlanta, but I don't know. I, I honestly have no idea how this is going to shake out. Like, if they keep three, I would assume it's Dwelly and Smith, but I could e- easily see Tyree Mayfield making the team because of his versatility and he could bring some value on special teams. Sure. Um, 
So it's going to be interesting because it could be that they just decide to keep two. They could just keep Kittle and somebody else. And if they need to, they could use Kyle Juszczyk at fullback. Um, they could, uh, or it's, it could be that they just keep two because if they need to, they could keep Kyle Juszczyk and play him at tight end in, in a pinch. Uh, maybe they, they try Jalen Hurd at tight end in certain scenarios. So I don't know. I think tight end is going to be interesting. They'll probably end up keeping three, but I could see a scenario where they just keep two. Uh, yeah. Which one? It's it's tough to say because it's there are a lot of differing skill sets. Toy Lolo is enormous but slow. Mayfield is fast and athletic but a little bit smaller, but he can also play fullback and special teams. Hayden Smith is a six-round rookie who is still cutting his teeth, and it's really hard to get a gauge on where he's at. Um, Selleck's hurt, and Ross Dwelly is probably the safest bet because he's familiar uh, with the system and he's, and he's getting better. So if it's three guys, it's probably going to be Dwelly and Smith because Smith was a draft pick. And maybe you try to get Mayfield on the practice squad, or maybe you put Smith on the practice squad and, and hope that somebody else doesn't snatch him up and you don't need to draft another tight, another tight end next year. Uh, but we will, we will have to see it still very early in camp. Uh, before our break, one more position group, uh, free safety, Tavarius Moore has gotten first-team reps the last two practices. Already. It took one week. Already. Not and even. Robert, Robert Sala is downplaying the development, saying he's nowhere close to be being a starting safety week one. I like Robert Sala personally. I'm just not really buying what he's saying, and I understand why he would say that, because essentially when you're at the podium speaking to reporters, you're – in essence, talking to the players themselves. So you're not going to tell Traverius Moore, hey, you really need to practice and get better at this, this, and this, and then go tell the media, yeah, he looks like he's going to be competing for his starting job. You know, like that's not how you, that's not how you do that with young players because you got to keep the message consistent. So I I think that Traverius Moore is getting first team reps because he has a chance to be in that mix. And also Jimmy Ward isn't back. And we should say Jimmy Ward is the favorite to start at free safety, but we all know Jimmy Ward's lengthy injury history. So there's a very real chance that Tavarius Moore gets significant playing time this season at safety. And and just real quick to, to touch on what you said about Sala. He says that Tavarius Moore is nowhere close to being a starting safety week one. Well, we're really nowhere close to week one. Yeah, that's like true. Just too. because just because he's not ready now doesn't mean the team doesn't see him projecting to be in three, four, five weeks. Right, and so we should mention that DJ Reed too in the same draft class uh, in 2018. He's been moved around. He's played some slot corner. He's played outside corner, which was his college college position at Kansas State. So I ultimately think what the 49ers are trying to do, and maybe we said this earlier, but it's just have as much versatility at the back end of these death charts as possible. So if you deal with injuries in the secondary, like the 49ers did last year, you have guys capable of filling in at multiple spots. So if you're thin at corner, Tavarius Moore or DJ Reed could play corner. If you're thin at safety, DJ Reed or Tavarius Moore could play safety. You're cross-training these guys so you can do a bunch of different things if you need to um, and and sort of get these guys well-rounded in terms of their skill sets so they're not pigeonholed to where – it's more difficult to replace somebody if you deal with multiple injuries. So I, I sort of think that's where the 49ers are going with this. They've been very coy on, on Tavarius Moore. Um, but, you know, I've heard from somebody that, that he's looked really good. Somebody watches all the, the 
you know, the actual cutups of, of these practices. So we will have to see, but I, I think I said it in, in June or, or maybe a, a July podcast. So one of my predictions would be Tavarius Moore gets significant playing time at safety. Um, him getting first team reps these last two days makes me feel more confident that that's the case. Uh, I don't know that he's going to beat out Jimmy Ward if Jimmy Ward is healthy for a starting job, but if we know anything about Jimmy Ward and and all the broken bones that he's dealt with, you need to have a viable option, and the 49ers are at least making Tervarius Moore that kind of option, uh, or at least they're trying to develop him that way. And maybe they've seen enough of Adrian Colbert that you know they 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 feel like they're going to get more value out of these practice reps for somebody like Moore. Yeah, that makes sense. All right, guys, we've got an announcement to make. Blue Wire is teaming up with Harry's to make sure our listeners are shaving comfortably. Go to harrys.com slash bluewire to save $10 on a value trial set, which includes a five-blade razor with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade, rich, lathering shave gel, and a travel blade cover. You get all that for just $3 shipped right to your door. Enough with the cheap razors. It's totally worth trying Harry's. Harry's is fixed shaving by combining a simple, clean design with quality and durable blades at a fair price. Harry's founders were tired of paying for razors that were overpriced and overdesigned. Harry's bought a world-class blade factory in Germany that's been making quality blades for over 95 years. Join the 10 million who have tried Harry's. Claim your trial offer by going to harrys.com slash bluewire. All of Harry's blades come with a 100% quality guarantee. If you don't love your shave, let them know and they'll give you a full refund. Again, make sure you go to harrys.com slash bluewire to redeem your razor for just $3. Should we take some Twitter questions? That sounds like a great idea. Okay. I mean, it sounds like an okay idea. <laughs> people overuse the word "great." It's a, it's a, it's just, it's a good idea. People, people uh, exaggerate their emotions on on uh, social media. Like yeah, football is sure. back. The Hall of Fame game is back. Football's back. Oh, this football stinks. This game stinks. <laughs> like, do you know how bad a football game has to be that like Joe Flacco not playing in it is decreasing the quality? Yeah. Yeah, like the, that uh, should tell you everything you need to know. Football's not back until a foot goes through the ball on week one. That Thursday night game, then football can be back. Until then, this is all this is all hodgepodge malarkey. The Broncos and the Falcons both play five preseason games. What are we doing? Five. Dude, ima- can you imagine covering one of those teams? Oh Jesus, that's my nightmare every offseason. Like is is just praying to God the 49ers do not get the Hall of Fame game. <laughs> um, anyway, Alex Tran asks, uh, I need my Mitch Wisnowski update of the day. Good news for He's you, good. Alex Tran. <laughs> uh, there, were, there was a lot of Mitch Wisnowski at today's practice, and I, uh, I timed the hang time for as many punts as, as I could. Uh, and there were a lot of them. And, then, and basically all of his punts were within the 4-3 to 4-7 range, and he had two that I had uh, longer than five seconds, which is which is very very good. Um, and most of his punts uh, directionally, when he was working on you know the coffin corner thing and, and pinning guys deep near the goal line, it seemed like he was doing well with that. And a lot of the punt res- punt catchers receivers were punt returners, I should say. That's the word, right? Uh, yeah, they, that's were, the one. they were struggling to to catch the ball cleanly. So Mitch Wisnowski, I think, is going to be good. And yeah, I'm curious and he, to see him play in real games uh, against guys who aren't catching him every day in practice because 
I think he's good. I'm not entirely sure he's worth a fourth round pick, but if he's one of like the five best punters in the league, which I think he certainly could be, then you can justify it. Um, but yeah, Mitch Wisnowski is fine. He's good. I don't think yep. fans need to worry about the punter situation. Yeah. Um, let's see. What's what's the next one? Is Marquise Goodwin number one wide out? Augie Nomac wants to know that. Um, I don't think so. I mean, I think there are I plays think, where I he think... looks like one, but it's he just hasn't done it consistently enough. I think ultimately that's Dante Pettis right now is sort of being treated as a number one receiver. Um, I, you know, Kyle Shanahan says it all the time. He doesn't look at it like there's a number one, number two. He looks at it positionally. So there's a, there's a Z and X and an F, uh, which are the two outside, the two flanker spots. And then the, uh, yep. the, the slot spot. And ultimately like George Kittle is probably going to be the one who leads the Niners interceptions this year. So the number one receiver, uh, moniker might not even qualify, but no, I don't. I don't think it's Goodwin. Um, I think ideally Goodwin is somebody who gets you fifty catches, averages you know eighteen yards a catch, has a few long touchdowns, and is really just sort of a complimentary piece. So you don't have to rely on him because he's he's like a he's like a race car man. Like he's if if anything is wrong and he's not up to speed, then then he loses his productivity in a hurry. And uh, and you just got to ma- maximize his skill set by not having to rely on him too much. Yeah, and I, I, that's what I was going to say. I think, if anything, his role decreases this year. Yeah, and I think Kyle Shanahan has said as much. Um, let's see. How sexy is Jimmy G looking in full pads? He looks exactly the same as he does on game day. Really strong question. <laughs> uh, at... Guy 16, normal. How good has Bosa been? Uh, somebody else asked, why aren't there videos of Bosa in one-on-one pass rushing drills? Uh, the 49ers, for the most part, have kept Bosa out of one-on-one drills. And I'm not entirely sure why. I assume it's related to sort of keeping a pitch count and making sure you're not overworking him. But the interesting thing about it is he's not doing one-on-one drills, but he is doing a lot of team drills. So I just haven't seen that before. I haven't seen... Um, I haven't seen a player like typically if you're working a guy back in, he'll do individual drills and you'll keep him out of teamwork. This is sort of the opposite. So uh, in terms of how Bose is looking, I mean, there are a couple of times of practice where it's like, wow, like that guy is going to be really good. The thing is, is the 49ers are limiting his reps and he's not doing a ton. So we don't get to see a whole lot of it and they're just ramping him back up. But I think Bosa, if he's the, the biggest question with him is it's not talent because he has the talent to be, I think, one of the premier edge rushers in the league. I just think it's going to be all about durability and staying healthy for him. And so far, he looks good. Uh, there haven't been any questions about his hamstring injury. Uh, I know he he got sort of pancaked by Sean Coleman in a practice earlier this week and then didn't have any reps after that. Um, it's my understanding that that was just the last rep that he was scheduled for anyway. And he even, he even came in and spoke to the media immediately after that practice. And typically if players are ever hurt, they're, they're never going to come speak to the media, um, in that scenario. So, uh, I think Bose is fine. I think he looks good. I'm very curious to see what his workload is going to be like in the, in the preseason. Um, because I think the 49ers are going to feel comfortable in that he's, 
probably good enough to where they don't need preseason reps necessarily. They they should probably just try to gear him up for week one. Uh, so, yeah, I think Bosa looks good. Next question. <laughs> uh, let's see. Surprise cuts. That's a good question. Surprise From seven cuts. points at seven points. Surprise cuts. All right. We talked about I have this one on Ingram. my I have this one on my knee. No idea where I got it. I just kind of woke up and it was there. Uh, another one on my elbow that I think I got from playing with my cat. <laughs> I see. I see. What you're doing <laughs> Surprise cuts, guys. Here Very we go. Good. I'm here Very all good. Week. Um, I, I I can't rule out Marquise Goodwin. I just can't. But but with Goodwin, like that's surprise. Like emphasis on surprise. Like it would be surprising. It would be surprising for Goodwin to get if, cut. If but you're not going to call him a stone cold lock, right? So we're trying to figure out who wouldn't be surprising if it was a surprise cut. Like so, Goodwin would qualify as a surprise cut that I could see getting cut. Right. So that by definition yeah. wouldn't make it a surprise. But to answer the question, I think. I think you'd have to put Goodwin's name in there. Uh, just going through the roster, I mean, a lot of it's kind of cut and dry to me. You know, yeah, uh, that's, like David, that's... David Mayo. Is would would people be surprised if David Mayo got cut? I don't think so. Malcolm Smith. I don't think people would be surprised if he got cut. Um, I mean the you go down the the de- the defensive line and like. Julian Taylor and Contavious Street. I'm not sure that both of those guys are going to make the team. And I guess if either one of those guys got cut, it would it would be a surprise. But I would say, I mean, Street was a fourth round pick. I have a hard time seeing them cutting him if he's healthy. Um, yeah. But Taylor's look good too. Boy. Uh, all right, here's one. How about? Mm, Kwan Williams? They wouldn't actually cut Kwan Williams, would they? If you really, no. if you really like DJ Reed in the slot, or you think Jason Verrett can play in the slot, which Jason Verrett kind of seems like the ideal slot player, yeah. Um, then maybe you consider it, but it's not like Kwan Williams is making a ton of money, and and he's, he's really good. Yeah, and he's been he's been one of their better secondary players, sort of sliding under the radar. Not that the bar is super high, but you get it. Yeah, I mean, if we were to make a 93-man, or sorry, if we were to make a 53-man roster projection right now, like, I don't think there would be a ton of like, wow, they're cutting that guy? Like, I just... No, no. I think the receiver spot is sort of the toughest one. Um, okay. Any more questions that we should answer? Let me uh, Let me look. Yeah, there's there's got to be one more really good one in here. I know we got we got time for one more. Um, Quan Alexander, want to answer Quan Alexander question? Yeah, sure. Um, at I am Legend nineteen seventy six. How does Quan Alexander look, and how is Tavarius Moore looking at free safety? Um, Tavarius Moore hasn't really been uh, targeted all that much. So I would guess that's a good sign. I mean, the defense has generally been a lot better than the offense in the early going, and that's pretty typical. Um, so I don't want to make any any rush to judgment on that. Um, Quan Alexander looks good because he's participating in team drills a lot sooner than I thought he would. 
And yeah. so, you know, what the Niners brass said basically coming into camp was, oh, we're going to ease him back in. He's way behind Garoppolo and obviously McKinnon uh, in his recovery from the ACL. So that made me think because Garoppolo is a full participant and McKinnon still hasn't come off pup yet that we weren't going to see Quan Alexander in practice until much later this month, but he's been taking first team reps uh, at linebacker and his reps have been pretty, um, you know, pretty sparse because he's coming back from the injury. So they're not going to throw him out there and, and have him, have him play a whole lot. And, and I think having Dre Greenlaw and Elijah Lee and Malcolm Smith has, has sort of made it, uh, easy for them to to avoid giving Alexander all those reps because those guys need reps. So Alexander's look good in terms of his athleticism. Uh, Fred Warner has a lot of really good things to say about him. It sounds like Alexander already knows the defense well enough for the Niners to feel really comfortable. And I think if Warner were to ever get hurt, I think Alexander would step in and play the mic uh, because Alexander was the mic with Tampa Bay. Um, so Alexander, I think looks fine. I wouldn't think. I don't think he's or he's not going to play in in the preseason opener. That Kyle Shanahan said that at the beginning of camp. So um, he might not even play the second game. I, I mean, these guys. I don't even know if they need to play at all in the preseason. I'm also like the world's most pessimistic preseason football person. Like, I just think preseason football is mostly useless. So Same. so. It, you know, any any good player, it wouldn't surprise me if they didn't play because I think coaches sort of feel similar. They just want to make sure guys are healthy. And preseason is really about giving reps to guys on the back end of the roster uh, or, you know, guys who are battling for, for jobs. But no, Quan Alexander's looked fine. Um, it's, it's just tough to say because there isn't really a whole lot of hitting going on. Is that it? We wrap it up? Yeah. Yeah, All I right. think that's it. Thank you, guys. A lot of good questions, guys. Good job. <laughs> Thank you, guys, for, for asking us questions. Uh, keep it locked for next week. We will be back with more training camp content. Don't forget to check out harrys.com slash bluewire for great deals in their stuff. And we'll talk to Ooh. you guys next week. You know what else is next week? What? We're going to have, like, a game preview. Oh, Football's yeah, play- back, baby. They play what? Saturday? Wow. Saturday. Next Saturday. Wow. Niners Cowboys. Football's back, you guys. We can revisit we can revisit all those epic games in the eighties and nineties. I can't wait to watch Wilton Spate sling it for thirty minutes. It's gonna be really fun when Wilton Spate leads like a fourth quarter touchdown drive oh, to sure. like win a game and everyone's gonna be like, he's better than CJ. Is he QB too? <laughs> Alright guys, we'll talk to you next week. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.